Hey, it's Gavin. Welcome to the Four Friends and Family Podcast. It's been about 10 days since I've done a podcast because I take a little time off and I've been working for some people, doing some free stuff and helping everybody out because that's what COVID's about. It's been so awesome. I've got to do so many great things. One thing, one time I'll tell you about it. Actually, I'll do a podcast about it so you guys can understand as well. And it'll just be called Gavin's Things. Today's Saturday, May 9th. It's 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I am not in Los Angeles. I am currently at our place up in Mammoth, uh, which is a ski resort sort of town of 8,000, five hours north of Los Angeles. It's 80 degrees today here and it's, it's awesome. And I want to tell you, there have been 4 million people around the world that have been infected as of today. And there have been one point three million people that have recovered um, and unfortunately the 277,000 deaths so we are progressing along people you know countries are starting to open up in Europe um, we're starting to see here in California things are, are opening up and I've got a really exciting podcast today because I've got a friend of mine Adam Hardy, who is an environmentalist. And I've known Adam for many, many years, and he is a deep environmentalist. I mean, we have real arguments. It's awesome. So welcome to the podcast, Adam. Hi, thanks, Kevin. Now, Adam is in London in the UK. He also um, runs a climate uh, Twitter account that I've been helping a little bit with called at carbon watchdog so that's at carbon watchdog and if you want to find out about all the things he's setting up a, a, a carbon well actually adam tell us a little bit about what you do on the environmental side and what you do for a job and just a little give us a little bit of background okay well carbon watchdog is a, a website and we've got social media channels as well what i'm doing at the moment is putting out information about climate change to make it clear what's going on because you know, climate change, there's, it's so polarized. There's, there's lots of panic and fear and, and doom-mongering on one side. And then there's the, the complete denial on the other. Uh, I think what people are missing is, is the bit in the middle, the, the reality of it all. And so that's what Carbon Watchdog is trying to do. And uh, we've got a few plans for doing really structured stuff locally as well, carbon rationing, for getting carbon rationing groups going. We're doing stuff like uh, trying to get into the uh, influence people in politics. You know, COP26, the big climate conference is going to be in Glasgow next year. We want to be part of that. So there's, there's lots of stuff going on. Now, you also put together a carbon tax or a carbon trading sort of. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, we've got this, we've got this big carbon policy, and, and I say big as in terms of sort of something that can tackle the whole problem. Um, the current narrative around climate change and how to tackle it, if you, if you uh, accept Trump from that, from that whole thing, basically what people want to do to tackle climate change and get the world to go to do this energy transfer renewables, and get them off fossil fuels, is to introduce various different things like carbon taxes or whatever. And... There's one, uh, there's one policy that I think is really going to nail it. And uh, everybody says, well, there's no, there's no silver bullet for this kind of stuff. But I think this is as close to a silver bullet as you can get. Uh, it's called carbon rationing. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody hears the word rationing. They go, ooh, rationing. I don't think I want to be rationed, really. But actually, it's, it won't be rationing everything in terms of like you won't be getting less of this and less of that and you won't be having to look around going you know where am i going to get this stuff from the point of carbon rationing will it will ration the amount of fossil fuels that we use so that the modes of production of everything can shift over quickly 
effectively mm-hmm. um, to renewables and by people knowing what's going on with their rations because the rations will represent the CO2 that you're allowed to emit. And so you'll go and spend them where you want to spend them. And that'll be like the most direct, have the most direct impact on the economy of any kind of policy out there. And you'll be able to tra- you'll be able to trade them back and forth. And I mean, we've had this around a little bit that people could buy it sort of when you fly, you could buy some carbon ration credits. But but actually, I mean, I think it's really interesting, but I think we could have a whole other podcast about that. What I really want to talk about is the fact that right now, from an environmental standpoint, I mean, if we talk about climate change, you guys have gotten everything you wanted, right? In one little fell swoop, you got, you know, the, 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 Planes aren't flying anymore. They're all been grounded. Um, you know, well, many of them. Uh, and then the oil is like at zero. And now we're seeing disruption of the meat, um, play, uh, the meat industry. So therefore, you know, people are going to have to be eating more, more vegan-like or more vegetarian-like. Now, is that's just in my head because I'm not obviously a sophisticated environmentalist like you are. What's <laughs> what, what's really happened? Like, what's are you guys jumping up and down, or are you like, you know, this has just been a little respite, and we get to see that some what clean air could like look like in 25 years? Okay, well, yeah. If I was if I was Mother Nature, then I I would be absolutely loving it because you're totally right. There's everything is going everything is going in exactly the right direction. The, the world's economies have more or less shut down and uh, there's none of this none of this nasty CO2 being emitted anymore. There's all sorts of things that's just not happening because people have to stay at home. And um, it means the, uh, the air is clearing up. There's uh, much better air quality. There's no noise pollution anymore. I can go out in the morning and do, uh, and do some yoga in the morning and I can just, the dawn chorus is... It's phenomenal. It's, it's it's just, the wildlife that has yeah. come back, even in Los Angeles, where I live, it has been crazy. Like I've gone on some hikes and like, we don't really have bugs in Los Angeles. And I like, I got swarmed by bugs, which has never happened to me before. And, <laughs> and, and the noise, there was a couple of weeks in Los Angeles. And I mean, you live in London, but in Los Angeles where it was silent, like we actually got up and we're like, cause there were no planes. Well, there were very few planes. Um, and, yeah. and, and there were like basically no cars and it, it was crazy. It is. It's, it's beautiful. But, uh, if you think too much of it, it's also a bit freaky when you walk down the street and it's so silent, but you know that everybody's still there. You know that we're surrounded by like uh, 6 million people here and they're all just sitting at home. And everything's so beautifully quiet, and you can hear the birds singing. It's it's a bit it's a bit strange. Now I did it's listen to something on the on, but it's, I, I, yeah. I did listen to something on the BBC recently that you guys have had a thirty six percent increase in people cycling around England, and in fact they're talking about these pop up cycle lanes. As you know, I'm a, like you, yeah. I'm a very big cyclist, so I'm always interested in what's happening when it's cycling. And they're actually talking about they brought forward something from a couple of years that you know from two years out to like one month out to. Put two billion dollars into infrastructure so that must be really great from an environmental standpoint as well it's yeah it's pretty fantastic i hopefully fingers crossed it's going to stay that way as well but at the moment what what the problem is is that people are just scared to go on the underground or the buses they just don't want to be near each other so they get on their bikes and you're when you're on your bike you're on your own self-contained self-isolating mobile machine that gets you where you want to go without costing anything and it keeps you fit it's just like uh mm-hmm. yeah. that's and of course it's the the weather's great 
Now, the weather's good. <laughs> we should we should tell everyone out there that um, we both lived in London, and you know we rode our bikes around. And it, I mean, I've ridden in New York, London, and Toronto when we've I've lived in those cities, and you know the buses are big. It does. They do, you know, they're not dedicated lanes. You're on the highway. I mean, it, for anyone who's maybe not that stable on a bike, it's a little terrifying. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult to get people who don't cycle to go out and get a bike, uh, get a bike, and, and fight with the traffic. Uh, and you know, London, you have to do that sometimes. You have to claim your space. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing. I think people don't understand that you on a bicycle, you have to be aggressive, otherwise, because the cars just don't see you, and 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 there's no entitlement. I mean, it's the car was always going to win if it hits you. Um, so you know, you don't have any exposure. <laughs> like there's no like everyone's like you know I get I see a lot of entitled cyclists who are you know wearing helmets and are like yeah I'm going to do what I want to do, and it's very funny to watch when I'm like dude, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to get hit by a three thousand pound car you you you're, there's no entitlement you need to take control of the situation and understand how to ride in a city and it's very exciting but i want to get back to the point that we're on right now so there's the positives and the negatives what's the negative side of what this is because there are some people that could come to you and say well you know you guys got everything you wanted but our economies came to a grinding halt that's what's going to happen see the people on the people who are like sort of the climate deniers are going to go see this is what's going to happen Sure. I mean, we've, I'm already seeing that when you when you look on Twitter and you see what the climate deniers are pumping out, then yeah, definitely. Mm. What are they saying? But, um, well, they're saying that this is what net zero is going to be like all the time. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be like lockdown, except for permanent. So, uh, But that's not true. In, in terms of not being able to do anything or not being able to buy anything or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of people who can't pay the bills. There's a lot of people who are looking at their bank accounts going, ah, you know, yeah, what's going to happen next month? So uh, it's it's really difficult. And then Some how do you, how paying. do you guys on the environmental side respond to that? So what 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 are you going to be changing in the way that you're going to go after you know the the, the climate uh, the climate crisis? How how is how is the roadmap changing for people on the environmental side? Well, the uh, it's it's good that the COVID nineteen is going to actually bring some of these people who are really stuck into this environment bubble it's going to bring them around to give them a bit of reality because the uh they they'll see that they can't just they can't just hide in this bubble and and refuse to talk to anybody they've they've got to they've got to convince everybody to do uh what's got to be done and they can't go around pretending that there's there's some that there's any element of reality about this sort of marxist plans to impose some sort of uh some sort of command economy you know i mean man there are some crazy people crazy environmentalists out there who really want to they really want to take over they they know the solution they know what has to be done we have to close the fossil fuel companies down and that's all right by them because they don't have a car and they don't have to get to work and they don't have to uh they don't have to go and see their parents on the other side of the world or mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah. for them, it's no choice. They don't have to make the choice. But now they're seeing that actually this is the way it works and this is the reality of it. There's going to be and, some serious uh, consequences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I how mean, are – sorry, we're go still ahead. In, we're, still in the, we're still in the honeymoon phase really of the COVID-19 thing because as soon as the the economic impact of, of the lockdown starts – starts coming on to roost then uh, it's going to get i mean it's going to get a lot worse here definitely. yeah 
I mean, here in America, we have, I think, more than 20 million people out of work. And, you know, I have to admit, we're not really feeling it yet. Um, but I think that June, May and June, uh, I think June particularly is going to be brutal. I think that, you know, we, we've got things coming back, but it's going to take a while for, you know, it to people are saying years for it to get back to what it once was. Um, and, you know, as you know, we've got an election coming here. So they're trying to make things move faster and more people are going to die. I mean, we've flattened the curve, but this is a very contagious, you know, virus and um, more people are going to die. And that's, that's what we're seeing, but we, we have to get these economies back to work. So how are you going to change? How has it changed your thinking? Cause you obviously have a few things that you're always, you know, looking at, you do lots of research. You've got a great overview of what's happening from an environmental standpoint. What, what, what has, what are, what, how has COVID given, given you any aha moments? Has there been anything where you're like, Oh, okay, well, I, I thought it might be that way, but now it's this way. The, uh, I think the main thing that, that COVID-19 has, has shown me is that uh, when somebody when somebody doesn't believe something, then uh, there's nothing that you can do to, to change that. And people were never people never believed once in a million years that, that the government just could just come along and shut down all the pubs and stop football and do stuff like that. I mean, that is just completely. Just a couple of months ago, that was completely inconceivable. It would never happen in a million years. And um, what it means is that even though rationally, of course, of course, that, that I mean, that's why somebody in government came up with the idea. This is what we have to do. And um, it means that rationally you can do something. But the problem is you want somebody to do something. They're going to give you an emotional decision on it. They're not going to give you a rational decision, at least not first time around. So you have to keep on keep on knocking on the door. You have to keep on beating the door down basically until the message starts starts getting through and somebody will will actually have a moment to make a rational decision about it. I, do you think that that this COVID um uh, scenario has converted a bunch of people. I mean, it's clear that that people are realizing, especially in the cities, you know, that maybe if there were people that I don't think everyone's a climate denier. I think you have people that are, you know, the bubble environmentalists that you talk about, and then you've got the people that are way at the other end, who you know, on the other side, who are the climate deniers and don't believe anything. But I think most people are probably a little bit either side in the middle, and they're like, yeah, I sort of, you know, see some of this or not. But I, I, my feeling is, and you know, I, I, I would love to hear what you say, think on this is that most people have sort of seen that, you know, if they live in a big city that, you know, the pollution going away, I mean, we definitely in Los Angeles saw, you know, we could see the mountains. Um, I know in Pakistan, i sorry, in, um, in, in Mumbai, when I talked to my friend Tendra in Mumbai, he was like, it's amazing. I mean, um, you know, I think especially in the UK, which most people don't realize, you guys allow a lot of diesel, um, which is not a very clean fuel. So, uh, <laughs> when, you know, when I, lin- when I lived in, it's an inexpensive yeah. fuel, but it's not a very clean fuel. And when I lived in London, I know that I had, you know, asthma for, for many, for the years I was there because of the yeah. diesel particulate in the air and my <laughs> eyes were always, uh, you know, up and down. Look, you're right, coughing cough- and you're, and you're coughing, you're coughing right now because of I know, diesel. It's, it's like- Psychosomatic. <laughs> <laughs> but th- th- that I think that m- my feeling is that, that many people are going to see this and it is going to change in their heads a little bit where they're going to say, well, wow, okay, this is what happens when there's no cars in the road. 
my, I can breathe fresh air and I live in a city. How do we get to that faster? And I think that that's what we're seeing in Los Angeles is that, you know, can we get people to electric? I mean, what it's done for me is that I'm able to see what the future is like. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you know, less noise, less pollution, and I can live in a really big city and, and breathe fresh air. Right. Oops. I just whacked something over. Yeah, sure. Um, you, yeah, you can see that. That's, and um, I guess other people see it too. Uh, Do you think it's going to convince them? The problem is with the problem is with these long term things. It's it's not like it's not like COVID nineteen because COVID nineteen is like it's there. It's in your face because your your grandmother or, or your or your cousin or or a friend of yours got it mm-hmm. and was in a coma for a week or or even died. So that's totally in your face. But these long term things, once the coronavirus is 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 gone away then the uh the going this sort of it'll be some kind of um just slow slide back to normal uh that's what i'm afraid of and that and that people will just basically forget too easily because that's that's just human nature uh of course i'll be still i'll be still uh banging out the blog posts and the, and the tweets and uh maybe even getting into podcasts and videos and stuff, trying to tell people, you know, this is what's going on. This is what you have to, this is what we have to, what, what we have to be aware of. And, but whether that stays in the headlines in the, in the newspapers and on, on the TV screens and whether that comes across to people on a day by day basis is, is another question. I mean, one of the parallels, one of the good things about, about COVID-19 is, is telling it's basically making it clear to people that we need more, our economies need to be more robust and resilient. You know, all of this crap about like PPP, protective material, and, and the COVID-19 tests and, and the uh, and the hospital bed spaces mm-hmm. in New York, um, that was just not resilience, was it? That wasn't robustness. And, and that's what we need. That's what we really need. Not just, not just for... Um, for COVID-19, not just for pandemics, but for everything. There are a ton of threats out there as well as, as well as viruses and so on. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe that will have some impact on, on everybody when they start thinking about more long-term stuff like climate change. Maybe it will, but yeah. I, I don't know. But, but you, you don't sound convinced. <laughs> well, the problem is I don't really, I don't really get out to, I don't really get out because I'm in lockdown. So I don't really get to talk to Talk to my uh, usual, all the guys that I used to go down to the pub with and stuff. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, we do Zoom stuff, but we don't do a big Zoom uh, sort of like the, the numbers that we would. And, and it's not the same sort of thing with the banter that I've got with the people I do karate with or yeah. all the other all the other socializing that we do. You've got to organize it. You've got to, you've got to be, you know, disciplined. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go out and socialize today. Yeah. I'm going to send somebody my Zoom ID and get them to talk to me. Well, I, th- I think you're going to have, you know, we've, we've got about a minute left here. So I just wanted to sort of wrap up. But I, 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 it sounds to me that, you know, it's going to be an exciting opportunity for you from the, on the environmental side, on the climate change side to be able to, I think people are going to be a little bit more, my feeling is personally, is that you're going to, it's going to, people are going to be a little bit more open to listening to say, Hey, listen, remember during, um, 
during COVID, we, we had a, a drop in pollution of when the data comes out, right? It's going to take a while for the data, but we had a drop in pollution of, you know, 70%. We had, you know, a third of all flights dropped in, and that helped us with our pollution and those sorts of things. So I think that the, the data that's going to come out is going to be very interesting. I guess the last question I have from you, what do you think some of the unintended consequences are going to be? Just give me a couple as we wind down here, but the unintended consequences of COVID from, from an environmental standpoint. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> unintended consequences of COVID nineteen. Um, well, I think that it's definitely going to have a big effect on people like Boris Johnson, who actually got it. Yeah, I like to think that he would be a bit more rational about the stuff he does because he, like these are ideologues. You know, they uh, they have their they have their stuff to stick to. They they can't they there's no way they're going to slaughter their sacred cow. But but maybe they maybe they actually will start thinking about it. Maybe they will. You know, it's not just um, free market, free market, free market all the time. Maybe you do have to do stuff like have a decent healthcare system in place. Yeah. So um, uh, I know. Anyway, I mean that's a bit of a trick question because there are no intended consequences of COVID nineteen, right? Other than the virus's consequences, yeah. that a lot of us die. <laughs> well, I guess it's, I, I just there's a I'm I'm I just happen to be working on something all around unintended consequences, so I just I just thought I'd throw that out there. But I really appreciate your time, and 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 I definitely want to get you back on in like a couple, like maybe in a month or so, once we start getting some of the data. Um, to see how it's influencing your, you know, your approach to environmentalism and climate change. Um, and so I, yeah, I, re- okay, definitely. I really I'll, I'll, try, I'll put my mind to that, the unintended consequences stuff. Yeah, but I, I, think... I don't think I've, I haven't got any scoop for you right now. I definitely can't think of anything that's, um, but apart from the fact that you, that you shake people up that badly, like, like is happening now. And when things settle down again, they settle down differently, don't they? Never, never, nothing's ever going to be the same again. Yeah, that's the thing is that that's why I'm trying to get these podcasts done now so that I can follow up in like six months or, you know, you and I can chat again in a month every month and just see, because I think that, you know, recording these, we're going to go back and, and we're going to look, we're going to look at them in two or three years and go, what? We just didn't, we had no idea. Cause I think what's coming is we're, we're just starting to see the tip of the tidal wave that's and how it's going to really affect the world and the economies. And uh, I think we've also all sort of sheltered in place, but now people are going outside and they're realizing, you know, how they're going to have to interact and how their worlds are going to change and how restaurants are going to change and food delivery and, and, and how people interact in general. I, I, you know, I'm interested to see, will it go back to the same or will it, you know, yeah. will it slowly go back to same or, or will it just be something where there'll be major changes and now, and then how are people going to use it to their advantage? You know, like how are people going to use it in business to their advantage? How are, you know, what are the unintended consequences of something like COVID that, that the human brain will take in and go, Ooh, this is interesting. I can use this this way. So that's yeah. why I really appreciate you coming on because, you know, I, I know that you research this stuff and you spend a lot of time on it. So if you're looking for Adam, definitely, um, oh. uh, Check them out at, at @carbonwatch uh, on Twitter or at carbonwatch.org or .com. Carbonwatch, car, sorry, carbonwatchdog.org. <laughs> carbonwatchdog.org or at carbonwatchdog at Twitter. And um, it sounded like you might be trying to say something to end it off Did because uh, I was yammering away there. What do you got? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um it's like getting on for midnight here and it's now gone out of my head again. But uh, <laughs> it, it's been great talking to you. <laughs>
<laughs> That's the best ending I've had on a podcast yet. <laughs> I had a really great point, but it's midnight and I can't remember it. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks, Adam, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Okay, good one. Thanks, Kevin.